you are experiencing HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. We exist to make the people part of business easier for leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners of all kinds. And thank you for tuning in to HR After Dark. I'm your host, Jada Willis, CEO of Willis HR. I'm joined today by one of our awesome rock star team members at Willis HR, Jennifer Green. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, Jada. Yes. And so one of the reasons why I wanted to introduce our audience to Jennifer Green, she is our compensation and compliance consultant and a a licensed attorney, has a really dynamic, diverse HR background. You are, (laughs) you're a unicorn. You really are. So... And proud to be. And proud to be a unicorn. <laughs> um, but, and we're talking about a pretty, um, a pretty important topic that's relevant to everything that's happening in our society right now. We're talking about gender equality today. And I really want your insights from the legal perspective, from the HR perspective. So for those that are listening and saying like, so why, why are we even talking about this again? This is all over the news. This is, you know, what's in my feed right now. So in your opinion, Jennifer, talk to me about gender equality. Well, for me, gender equality raises two issues that have been around for over 50 years now. And one is equal pay and the other is equal opportunities. And both are based on federal laws that passed in the 60s. Mm. Yet we're still having the same conversations about why women don't make as much as men or why LGBTQ community doesn't make as much as US other U.S. workers. Um, based on the latest data I've seen for 2022, women make about 82 cents for every dollar that men make. Wow. And the numbers get even more challenging when you look at the LGBTQ community and then people of color in the LGBTQ community. Um, so you can just imagine. And this is data that has pretty much been consistent for the last two years not just 2022, but 2021. And so when you look at the context in which you've had laws that were supposed to make things better for these communities of folks, Mm -hmm. and it's not happening at the rate that it should, um, with regards to, you know, equal opportunities, we see that it's still harder for women to progress in their careers. It takes longer. Um, It takes longer for them to get to leadership positions. Mm -hmm. These are things that it's hard to kind of bring together when you've had laws in places to represent folks and the things aren't happening at the paces that they should. But we we are seeing some, you know, changes in terms of the, the latest, um, the Biden administration. They have a sincere focus, it seems, on, you know, representing those that have been underrepresented in the past to um, advancing pay equity and increasing the opportunities for women to grow. Even if you look at the president's administration, you see his ability to promote and have women who represent, you know, these facets of his administration. So, and the support for LGBTQ community is really a strong thing that comes from Biden's administration as well. So, I mean, I think we see things in place to move us towards where we want to be, but we got to ask, why aren't we still there? And I think that becomes a, a kind of about culture. It becomes something about leadership. It becomes something about why are these folks able to participate in the ways that they need to be able to participate in our government. So that's what I was going to ask you. So you led me to that of, you know, in your opinion, why? And I know that we're unpacking 
a lot because it could come from, you know, even one thought, one old school of thought is that if you're not present and now, you know, women typically have, you know, taken time off to raise children, you know, things of that nature. So they weren't quote unquote there. Right. Mm -hmm. But that shouldn't also be the case whenever we're now getting accustomed to hybrid work environments and remote work. And Mm -hmm. so do you feel like the actual, you know, hybrid or remote work environment you think will actually help you know women and okay all right actually I I do I think that the fact that you know you hate to think what was a positive that came out of a a pandemic Mm -hmm. um, but the ability to work remotely the ability to have more flexible schedules telecommuting all of those things lend themselves to making it more possible for women to still advance in their careers while taking care of their families and this applies to men too. I mean, again, when we talk about equal pay, we're talking about men and women should be making it the same for the right. same work and bring bringing the same skill sets to the table. And so just having those kind of options now on the table and not assuming that because somebody works from home, they're somehow less efficient exactly. or less productive. Actually, right. in many cases, they're more productive. Mm-hmm. And so having that not be a ding against women <laughs> I think it's a good thing, you know, in the workplace. So, you know, I have to throw in that for all our listeners that have, you know, remote workers, you know, make sure that you have the proper policies in place, of course, and also in guiding, laying out the expectations for your team and then having the development plans in place. I mean, be thoughtful as a leader to think through how am I communicating? How am I educating my team, laying out my expectations, but then also holding the team accountable to those expectations, because that will also, if you're applying that consistently, then Mm -hmm. that will help to reduce um, inequity, right? And that's the the overall goal. Now I have to come out from an HR perspective, of course. (laughs) But I mean, in in looking at this though, we really should see a shift, but you're right. What you said at the beginning, these are laws that have been in place though. And so let's shift gears and think through what should small businesses, nonprofits, leaders do to combat the inequity. So is this first? So let's think, let's talk through some like practical steps. In your opinion, what do you think should be the next step? This isn't a new topic, but what could leaders do to make this a priority? Well, like you said from the start, I work in compensation and compliance. And so I actually spend a lot of time doing comp analyses. And I think organizations, agencies, they need to look critically at the decisions that they're making as it relates to salaries, offers. And so you have to have Mm -hmm. the foundation in place to do that type of analysis or to seek out those services for that type of analysis. That will tell you exactly how equitable your systems are. And, and sometimes you wonder if leaders even want to know the answer to that question, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I was talking Find about. Find out, you got to do something about it. Exactly, exactly. Leadership is part of this and, and changing the culture. If the culture has been content to not know those kind of things, then that's going to be a challenge to move forward in the context of these laws that have been around for over 50 years. You know, I think part of it is making those hard decisions about what's important and trying to be transparent and how we handle them, you know? Yeah. Know the data first. Yeah. Know where, no. You have to know where you're, you stand exactly. um, internally. And, then and not be afraid of it. And not be afraid of it. Then, and, and maybe even some of this fear comes from the fact of like, well, 
what would I even do to correct this? Well, that's where it is partnering with HR, right? Exactly. Partnering with the right consultants in place like yourself. And so it's not being alone in this, but you have to, you can't put your head in the sand. You have to know what, yeah, what you're facing. Now, what's the alternative? And it's not a fear tactic, but if leaders continue to ignore possible internal inequity, what do you think could happen? I think we continue on the path that we are on. And if you follow the uh, DOL and lawsuits, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, can, we continue on that path because the laws are what they are. And it's just a matter of um, employees becoming more knowledgeable about what they're entitled to and exactly. seeking, yeah. you know, the, the options that are available for them within the law. But I think we can do so much more before getting to that point if we just do these things that are a little bit challenging because it challenges our cultural constructs that we have in our organizations. But if we do it and we find out information that we're not proud of or we, okay. we you know, don't want to talk about, that's probably a sign that we need to address it. I think the first sign that you need to address something is that you see that the data is showing you mm-hmm. something that you don't like and you don't want to talk about it. That mm-hmm. probably means you, you should talk about it. Right. That's exactly right. And talking about it puts you on a path to start to change the culture in the organization, you know. We could even, you know, we could even take it a step further. That That is even one part of a bigger plan in working with leaders of what about if we make an internal plan of looking at our policies even yeah. and just looking at being more forward thinking and strategic planning mm-hmm. and career progression models in those career planning conversations, asking the right questions and asking the same questions also having a model in place for also how do you promote now even small businesses probably the pushback we would receive is like well there really isn't a ton of opportunity for upward career progression well there's also mm-hmm. lateral moves there's cross training in place but how are we getting creative but then also looking at the skill set and then looking at people as individuals and not mm-hmm. necessarily doing things even subconsciously for the for the wrong reasons so i i like what you brought up about you know kind of helping employees and other ways to broaden their skill sets, because that adds value to them as employees in the workforce, period. Um, I I look at my own career and opportunities sometimes to just make lateral moves to to gather more skill sets to make yourself more ready for the next level. Those were, I, I was blessed to have many opportunities to do that. And so that is something that you can't necessarily quantify. You can't put a you know, 15% pay increase on that because you don't know where that could lead you. But those opportunities are critical too, Jada, definitely. Listen, that's why, that's that's advice from a unicorn. That's unicorn <laughs> type advice right there. So Unicorn <laughs> advice. Unicorn <laughs> advice. That should probably be the name of the podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, and this is, you know, a big light, but at the same point in time, this is a, it's a serious topic. And we partner closely with, with Ren, Women's Rights and Empowerment Network. So we've seen some of you in the updates recently from them, but, and that's a really neat way to even get resources. If you're looking mm-hmm. as a leader to start thinking through, well, how do I even get started? Because it's a big issue. And you also feel like, oh, I can't be the one to solve this, this problem. And I think that's not true. You know, your CEO, your executive director, you can actually, you are the one mm-hmm. to spearhead this initiative. Mm-hmm. Don't have to do it alone, but there are, you can even create a, a, a task force mm-hmm. to do this mm-hmm. and, and have partners in place. It doesn't have to be this big rock 
that you feel like you can't chip away at because there are things and steps to take. So Jada, one of my favorite jokes is how do you eat an elephant? How do you eat it? One bite at a time. That's right. No matter how high that mountain is or how large that hill is to get over, you got to start somewhere. And you got to start by taking small bites at trying to have an impact on changing the culture. So. Exactly. It actually reminds me of a conversation I had with a client recently. And they asked me, basically, we're going through a restructure, reorg, and updating job descriptions and policies. Mm-hmm. And then, well, this is going to be done in, in nine days. And they asked, okay, and then we're going to be okay then, right? Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> like, um, so <laughs> it's not... A culture, you know, changing and shifting a culture is the same way. We received some difficult survey feedback, but it's the same thing. And, but really, this is a part of your culture. Mm-hmm. If there are, if there's gender, you know, inequalities, then it, it's actually embedded into the decision making. And so it's actually within your culture. It's so, it's yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where we have to start today, but no. In 90 days, we can't say, wow, <laughs> I have gender equality. <laughs> that is well, we can start on the path. Well, we and that's the important the thing, to start on the path and keep moving forward, not be distracted and not sit still, but to keep moving forward once you're on that path. And to be intentional about it so that you can even, I mean, some companies have taken a step further to say, you know, released a statement on their website or internally in their, you know, employee handbook or, you know, what they've communicated. They make it at the forefront of making it very public externally Mm -hmm. and internally, but that what that does is also really hold you accountable to your decision making and just being super transparent. I don't know if you heard, I think it's been in within the last month that Amazon announced that it had paid parental leave. I mean, they announced this like mm-hmm. nationally. This is part of what their culture change involves. And that's part of this too, when you talk about gender equality, paid parental leave, that's an option that allows people flexibility to still pursue, you know, their professional pursuits. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. There's so much more to talk about around this topic. I, I do think that we are, are definitely just at the tip of our discussion, especially mm-hmm. for all that's going on in the news and within our society right now. So this isn't, unfortunately, it's not going to be a, we won the race and we get a trophy and it's great. This is, this is going to be an ongoing progression, but I do think it does start today and it's, encouraging leaders to take action, to know more about even taking our HR risk assessment and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even learning where does my company fall from a culture and compliance perspective. Thank you so much for joining me, sharing your wisdom, your unicornness with, <laughs> <laughs> it's a word, um, it is with, a our, word. <laughs> with, our, with our audience. Uh, today, I know that this is the the first of many with Jennifer Green, and I am I'm so pumped about it. But uh, for our listeners, if you if this has motivated you or at least piqued your interest, I want you to visit our website. That's willishr.com. You can go ahead and take our HR risk assessment. We also conduct a workforce strategy session with you to discover a little bit more about your needs, what's going on, um, it's looking under the hood, and what's going on within your organization. And Jennifer alluded to the fact that we offer internal equity analysis, compensation analysis, benchmarking studies, 
we have so many clients reaching out right now for the exact same thing. It's for so many reasons, it's just the right thing to do. But from a compliance standpoint, from a competitiveness, I could go on and on. I'm so excited about our team and the work that we're doing. So thank you so much. I'm leaving you as the listener with this. I want you to do one kind thing for yourself. And then just remember, do one kind thing for someone else.